Good day, fellow investors. Welcome to the Modern Value Investing Podcast with Sven Karlin, where we compound investment returns as well as investment knowledge in order to help you achieve your financial goals. Good day, fellow investors. I recently analyzed 150 years of SAP 500 returns to answer Peter's questions about what should we expect now from investing in index fund index funds what's the best strategy and how to approach such an investment peter asked can he reach 10 percent yearly returns that's all he wants 10 percent it's all he wants so let's immediately dig into the content and we'll be discussing whether we can expect 10% from the current situation, from the current SAP 500 level, I'm going to dig into 10, 20 and 40 year returns in relation to valuations. And then you can see what is the distribution of historical returns and also what you can expect from investing in the SAP 500. Further, based on the historical data that we analyze, we're going to develop a strategy that you will see whether you can use or not and whether it fits your investment requirements. Investing in index funds is not about the index fund. It is actually about the investor, whether he has the three key concepts that are required to successfully invest in index funds. Index funds can be amazing investments, can be bad investments. It is all up to the investor and you have to know exactly what to do at the right time. And that's what you're going to see in this video based on historical data where I used Professor Schiller database to do all the analysis. Now, where does this 10% from index fund investing return, yearly return come from? Well, the S&P 500 is up three times in 10 years. When you add the dividend, it's 14% per year. So that is a remarkable double digit investment. And it's logically that people expect 10% from investing in index funds as everybody did it over the last 10 years. Further, if we look over the last 35, 48 years, then the returns are even better given the long period. The S&P 500 is up 30 times in 48 years, 8% return plus dividend yield of 3% on average. That's an 11% return over almost four decades. Amazing return. Now, what is investing in index funds? When you invest in an index fund, in this case, the S&P 500 that I use as an example, you invest in the best companies out there, the 500 largest companies in the United States traded in the United States of America that represent 80% of the market's equity. Those are all great businesses, Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, Facebook, Berkshire, Google, JP Morgan, J&J, Visa. So great businesses, really good businesses that are likely to be there and continue delivering, growing in the future. So there is nothing really wrong, wrong with index funds from this perspective. And American businesses have been delivering over the past 100 years and given their global reach, it's likely that they will continue to deliver over the next 100 years. We have to see whether the current level of index funds is something good for you or not for your investment goals and your strategy. For that, we are going to look at fundamentals and earnings. If we look at S&P 500 earnings history, the current price to earnings ratio is 24. When I divide the S&P 500 points with the respective earnings also measured in points, the earnings yield is 4.1%. Now, if I look at the S&P 500 earnings yield and I go back to 1982, 
Well, the earnings yield was much, much higher and it was 14%. Consequently, it's logical that long-term returns, returns over the last 48 years, were in the double digits and were close to 11% per year. Because the earnings of the businesses you invested in 1982 is what delivered your returns. And if we go to Charlie Munger, over the long term, it's hard for a stock to earn a much better return than the business which underlies it earns. So this is Charlie Munger and therefore we have to focus on the current earnings of the S&P 500 to see what is the expected return. The price earnings ratio is 24, earnings yield is 4.1% from the current businesses. Therefore, if you add 2% growth, economic growth, business growth over time, that is a yield, expected yield from a current investment in the S&P 500 of 6%. Now, to go on to the historical analysis, I have analyzed 10, 20 and 30 year yearly rolling returns since 1871 and divided that into quintiles, so 20% chance for the worst, best, etc. return. And if we look at 10 year returns, there is a 20% chance for a yearly return between minus 6% and 0.01. So 20% chance you will lose a lot of money or break even in 10 years. If we look at the best situation, there is a 40% chance that you get returns from 5.55% per year to 15.91% per year, which is the best 10-year returns in history. I've did the same for the 20-year returns. You can pause the video if you want to go in detail so that I don't spend much time on it here in the video. Also for the 30-year return, so you can again pause it, but the conclusion is pretty simple. These are the 20 worst 10, 20 and 30-year yearly returns. You can see how the longer the investing period, the more skewed to the positive your returns are. So yes, over the long term, businesses and stocks deliver positive returns, but there can be a situation, 20% chance, that you earn a meager 1.67% return. However, if we look at 20% best returns, those are in the double digits for 10 and 20 year returns and then 9.65 for the best 30 year long-term return. All in all, when I put this all in a chart, you can see how, okay, 10-year returns are the most volatile returns. However, as you invest for the longer and longer period, those returns, the distribution of returns smoothens out and ends up historically to what has been historically the return of 4.71% from investing in the stock market over 30 years. That's the average 30-year return. So 4.71 is in line with the average earnings yield over time of 6.75%. When you deduct the dividend, you get to 4.71%. When you add the average dividend of 4.3%, you get to an 8, 9% return, which is what stocks delivered in history. So current, we have a 6% earnings yield. So that is what stocks will probably deliver over time in the future. However, as Charlie Munger said, it's all related to the earnings. An index fund or a stock will deliver earnings closely correlated to what the businesses do. So you will have 500 businesses in the S&P 500 and your returns will be closely correlated to 
the, what the businesses do. And when you put that into a long-term perspective, again, over the next 10 years, anything can happen. 20 years, a little bit less, and then 30 years, it's likely that you will get the average return. So you, have, you need to have a long-term mindset when it comes to investing. What's very interesting is that when we look at valuations, the lower the valuation is, it is very significant for the next 10 years because when the price earnings ratio was between 5 and 10, the average return over the next 10 years was close to 10%. It again averages out to, in this case, 6%, close to the 4, 4, 74, and 5% on less than 10 data points in history. So we don't know what will happen in the future, but long-term returns smoothen out. So valuations don't really matter when you are investing for the really, really long-term in index funds. Over the short-term, those really matter. Then when you look at investing, okay, what's the best strategy? We have seen that long-term stocks will deliver because you're investing in the businesses, not in the stock market that goes up and down. So what are the three key components you need to have when it comes to investing in index funds and what's the best investment strategy if you wish to invest in index funds. You need to have a long-term attitude as we have seen. Long-term, you will get the business returns. Secondly, you have to patiently and diligently constantly invest month per month so that you don't even have to worry about crashes, which we'll discuss in a second. And thirdly, you must not be greedy and you have to align what you have with what are your financial goals. If you can do those three steps, that's the best index fund investment strategy that there exists and it will deliver over time. Let me explain more in detail. The long term, it's very simple. Long term, the businesses will give you your returns, you reinvest your dividends and you will get a good return. In probably in this case from the current level, 6%. But if there is a crash, you will do even more. And when it comes to long-term investing, the stock market might do nothing for the next 15 years. And many see that as a very bad thing. We are used to stocks going up, up and up. But 15 years of flat or stocks down might be even better when it comes to your long-term returns. This is something you have to learn to live with. Over the last, what, 120, 30 years, there were 76 years where the stock market was below the previous level or didn't grow at all. So you have to expect that more than 50% of the time you're invested, your index funds will not be delivering any kind of positive returns. There might be a crash and it might take a lot of time to recover. But if you are like most people, a crash is something wonderful. This is a complex table. You can again pause the video if you want to dig, dig deeper. But what it tells you, the first table on the top is a scenario where you invest 100,000, you add 6,000 per year, and the S&P 500 goes up 6% plus the current dividend. You end up in 10 years with 305,000. The middle table shows that next year there is a crash of 50%, you keep investing and the S&P 500 goes up 6% per year. The third table shows, okay, you, there is a crash and then the S&P 500 goes to the same level as in the first scenario, you end up with more money thanks to the crash, 350,000 compared to 305. 
thousand. And that's also the moral of the story. You have to patiently and have discipline to invest during crashes because those are the moments that will give you the highest possible returns. You patiently accumulate during a crash and then you have to see when the market rewards you. And the market is always volatile. So at some point it will give you great reward. At some point it will disappoint you. But when it has given you the reward, then you have to wait a certain time span. It can be 5, 10, 20 years for that. Then you have to decide what am I going to do with my money. I know so many that didn't sell in 2000, even if they have reached all their financial goals because they wanted to add a meter to the, their yacht, another spare bedroom in their holiday home. So let's stick to stocks. Those can only go up. Then when those fell, then they sold everything they had just to keep what they need. So they risked what they need to get something they don't need. That's greedy and you must not be greedy, which is the third and key factor when it comes to investing. At some point in your life, the stock market will give you an opportunity to cash out, to put your financial goals first and to really get to them. When the stock market gives that situation to you, you can cash out, you have to make the right decision. Don't be greedy, don't bet on stocks, don't risk your pension, whatever if you need the money in the next five, 10 years, because we have seen the distributions, historical distributions, those are very, very volatile. And then the worst thing that people usually do is to sell in panic, 2002, 2008, 2009, so many investors have sold because they didn't have the right mindset. And now the fourth question to answer the question of the video, are index funds the best investment that's for you to answer. They might be the best investment for you. We can discuss index fund bubbles, uh, this and that, but you have to see, okay, this is what history tells us. This is the current situation. Is this the best investment for me? Can I set it on autopilot and forget about it? If you don't want to bother with individual stocks, then index funds might be the way for you. If you want to develop your mindset, learn about a few great businesses, then you might do both. You might invest in the businesses you understand and keep certain percentage of your money in index funds. So you have both ways of doing that. I am not invested in index funds because I do stock market research for a living. So I really research businesses. I own businesses. I like to own individual businesses. And that is something that has been working very well for me over the past 20 years. And that's something that I will continue to do. And you have to see whether investing in individual stocks is for you owning individual businesses, or you just wish to forget about it. Vanguard index fund, put it on automatic, add to that each and uh, each month. And over the very long term, the market will go up and down, but it will give you the time when it's up, when you will see, okay, what am I going to do in relation to your financial goals? It's about your financial life, nothing else. Else, if you like this focus on the mindset and historical approach to investing, please subscribe and click that notification bell so that you get notified when there is another well-researched video coming out that might add value to your investing life, lower your risk, or at least explain what might happen so that you can make better financial decisions, which is the mission of this channel. 
Thanks for listening. If you have any comments, please let me know. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a five-star review as it means a lot to me. Thank you. And I'll be speaking to you in the next episode.